Welcome to What's the Revolution, a conversation for men and the people who love them, where we will attempt to discuss how men can understand and embrace a healthier masculinity. I am your host, Dr. Charles Corcoran. I often think about the reasons why I wanted to do this show. Selfishly, those reasons were mostly about me having the opportunity to run my mouth freely about some of the issues that I have been working through, hoping that I wasn't the only one going through them. What I've realized in my conversations with other men is that, other men is that they too deal with a number of issues and need a space to be heard, to be seen. Several months ago, I had the opportunity to interview a couple of brothers who were formerly incarcerated and some young brothers who were trying to make their way in this world. The most eye-opening aspect about the conversations was that these two groups of men were saying the same thing. Life as a black man here in New Orleans was hell for them. And as I sat there, and from my outside appearance, a place of privilege, I thought of my own struggles. And though they did not compare in scope, I fully understood their plight. For black men at any station of life may face the ills of racism and discrimination, marginalization and oppression. Yet in the face of those evils, we must continue to press on, believe in ourselves, and although bloodied, keep our heads unbowed. We must lift as we climb, for there are young men behind us who seek leadership, empowerment, and mentorship, a clear path to success. This should be our revolution every day to be the healthiest versions of ourselves so that we can give the healthiest versions of ourselves to the world. Part of finding that healthiest version of ourselves is to analyze who and how we see ourselves, how we as individuals show up at the, in the world. So today we're going to talk about what is it to have a healthy and positive self-image. And I am honored today, extremely honored, to have style icon. Yes, I said that. Style icon, Torrance Taylor, and acclaimed photographer, Kasimu Harris. Brothers, thank you for being on the show with me today. How y'all doing? All right, good. Thank you, thank you. Good, 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 yes. good, man. So the first question you know we ask on what's your revolution is, what's your revolution? Man? How are you impacting the world? How are you trying to revolutionize yourself? I would say telling our own stories. It's not mm -hmm. a new invention but it's one that we often need to revisit. And what I mean by telling our own stories, I mean in our neighborhoods, in our homes, in our communities, uh, to control our own narrative and to control our history as well as commodify it. I think that too often, uh, there, especially here in New Orleans, there's a, a big culture, cultural kind of revolution that we have that it's not always commodified by us. But if we can control that narrative and tell those stories and be fascinated by the genius that are, that's already innate in us, I think that's a revolution. That's one that I'm convicted to tell. And so you know, I've used my time as a journalist and a writer in pursuits that I, I'm still active in to, to revolutionize and to tell those stories and to uplift our people as well as document and solidify our legacies. Good. For those people out there who, uh, that big word, commodify, can you define that for us, brother? Make that money. <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's what the exactly. people want to hear, make that money. <laughs> exactly. That narrative around who we are as black men and who we are as black people. You right. know? And too often that story is told by someone else. Too often. Too often. And uh, we are fortunate now, you know, as the Oscars come out and all these different wars, we're seeing 
black actors, you know, who have told stories. I don't know if y'all have seen Fences. Yes. yes. Uh, a wonderful story about uh, black family struggle, black masculinity, right. black femininity, and how that story is being told. And so I'm very glad to, to see that uh, Brother uh, Denzel and Sister Viola are getting their due uh, for uh, their wonderful performances in Fences. Um, Torrance, man, what's your revolution? It's actually very similar. Um, just just past MLK Day, we did probably like the sixth photo shoot from Danola Nobles, which I'll speak on that in a minute. But um, it's a story that I wanted to tell, what I call the revenge of this assassination. Mm-hmm. And I titled this photo shoot that we did on MLK that because during the um, civil rights movement, just as Kasima was speaking, we did not have the resources to tell our own story. And so now we have these black photographers and reporters and journalists who can now tell our own story. And I wanted to create these spaces where we could tell those stories of this time, but definitely acknowledging the time in the past. And so that's why I bring these men. And on MLK, we invite some of the sisters with us also to tell the stories of the Nola Nobles, who are the history makers, but who are inspired by history. Exactly, exactly. So Nola Nobles, so for somebody who doesn't know, you know, uh, this great movement that you're Mm -hmm. doing with Nola, tell us a little bit more about it. What is the the impetus for Nola Nobles, and how have you seen an impact based on that organization? So when I was... um, being raised in the 80s, I remember hearing on TV that the black male was an endangered species. And so the only other time I had heard of that was for an animal. So, like, that stuck with me the whole time. Like, are we animals? You know, and in come, like, the 90s, you know, gangster rap is becoming popular. I'm hearing all these things about, you know, now we are thugs and criminals. It's always something negative, you know, about the the, the title for, that goes with a black male. Right, right. But I've always known of great black men, pharmacists, um, teachers, you know, coaches, fathers, everything, you know, we were not told about. I've known, I knew them. So I knew they couldn't tell me that we was just these endangered species or, you know, something negative. Right, right. Um, and they only gave us, you know, Dr. Huxtable, be that one exactly. person. I want to give a shout out to uh, Big Brother Carter G. Woodson today, yes. 1926, yes, man. Uh, <laughs> Negro History Week. You know, exactly, right. Big Brother of Omega Sci Fi. <laughs> shout out to the good brothers. Uh, but that, it, was a, that was a shout I was really about. <laughs> <laughs> right, right. No, but continue <laughs> on for me, brother. But now, nah, uh, so, you know, fast forward 2015, um, I'm in October, and I know that No Shave November is coming up, which is about men's health. But I wanted to focus on black men health and what is our real health issue. Our real health issue, I believe, is self-esteem. And that would help us in a lot of other things that we, you know, are lacking in. Um, when a black male, you know, he's often referred to as a warrior. When it's something positive or something, when it's negative, he's like the thug, you know, like right, I said before. Right, right. Never something that's vulnerable, nothing that, you know, they ever recognize, like his emotions. Like, are we allowed to be emotional, you know, suppress any type of emotion you have? And that's why you have so many frustrating, angry young men mm-hmm. and older men also. Because as a black man, you're never told to, you know, you could be emotional. Like, you could cry. You can hug. <laughs> you could love. You better hold that in, little yeah, man. Yeah, hold that in. Don't right. hug me too tight. You know, like, right. you know, this whole masculine thing, you know, what a man is. He's not emotional. 
Um, so I figured if I use these images, you know, if we do this photo shoot and we use these images, we could see that, you know, black men, first of all, are great, we're beautiful, and that, you know, we're human beings, right. you know, and not these animals. And so that's what I would use that and then use this hashtag, No Shave November. Right. And also get people to jump up on the Nola Nobles hashtag. Right, right. So connecting uh, the movement by the Movember Foundation. Yes. Um, and you know, shout out to the Movember Foundation who is actually supporting some really, really good work in the St. Rock neighborhood uh, mm -hmm. about mental health and well-being uh, mm -hmm. that's coming out of the New Orleans Health Department. So it's interesting, you know, thinking about mental health and well-being and being human and mm -hmm. showing that human side of being black and male, yes. you know, and, and, and being stylish, you know, I'm sitting yeah. here, if people can see, if you're watching on Facebook Live, <laughs> but I'm sitting here with two stylish brothers, I actually, you know, I thought I was going, you know. Nah, you could. Yeah, exactly, <laughs> this little denim shirt and some khaki pants is not holding it down. Nah, I love nah, the shine break. <laughs> <laughs> you know what I'm saying, I got a noop next to me, but, <laughs> so, yeah, so, um, but it, it is interesting that your story, having men come together, mm -hmm. you know, and, and taking that picture and showing the world, I remember going to your website, uh, or Facebook page and seeing a variety of men, mm -hmm. you know, on your page showing style. And yeah. I see that a lot of times across Instagram where men would get together. And what I want to say is um, non-traditional, and, and I, I characterize it as non-traditional because we don't often see black men dressed, mm -hmm. you know, and hat, hats, exactly that, the hats and uh, coats and wingtips, mm -hmm. uh, style. Yeah. You know, an, an individual style. So that gets me to you, Casimo. You know, you get to as well put that in print. You know, really your eye. You know, acclaimed photographer. What are you seeing? You know, how how are you using your eye to portray black masculinity? A variety of ways. My my training is in photojournalism, so uh, I have a, a artist friend, Vita Shell. He's always telling me to stretch my limits. So. I started doing these constructed realities where I don't have to have the strict uh, adherence of, to journalism of truth-telling. So uh, I took this picture a few years ago, The Road Ahead, and it's uh, Malcolm Jenkins, Jenkins, former Saints player, and his wife, Marissa. Right. Mm -hmm. And uh, it's, it's, two, it's a black couple looking ahead in an old-school car. And she was with child, but I wanted, again, to reference back to a time past and show a black family, uh, a timeless photo, a black family where he was the protector of her. Mm -hmm. And it's just this unconquerable love. So when I'm doing these constructed realities, it's always to show men in a positive light. And whatever juncture they may be in life, uh, one of the things I, I did was a, a project called Warner Benighted, where it was a revolution with children having this upheaval with uh, they were disappointed in their education here in the city and you know they they, ha they all have on uniforms but uh, it's just that thing of but that project it I guess I like to try to have uh, a masculine touch as well as having the sisters involved as well right, because right. that project also had uh, you know, young ladies involved as well right. but it's just always about as far as just trying to show men in their best light when I'm doing constructive realities and I'm, I'm fascinated by that and then I'm, I'm fascinated to put people sometimes in realistic situations in a, a, a fantasy type world. Right, right. And, and that's interesting. Um, that's interesting as you say, a, a, a fantasy type world. Um, often sometimes we have to create 
that fantasy right. uh, to really get away from our reality of right. being men, being right. black men in this country, being in our society. Um, you're listening to WBLK, 1230 AM. Uh, my name is Charles, Dr. Charles Corporu. I want to give a shout-out to the W.K. Kellogg Foundation for supporting What's Your Revolution? Uh, we're talking about healthy self-image today with style icon Torrance Taylor and acclaimed photographer Kasimu Harris. Um, and so it's interesting as you, as you think about that, that fantasy world, you know, and oftentimes for, for men, being healthy is a fantasy. You know, being being healthy because we we are not shown that opportunity to be healthy. So that's why do you think it's important for us to even have this conversation to be healthy, to have healthy masculinity? I think it's it's a I think we always have different measures of of health in a sense, even within ourselves, because it's different days you feel differently. Uh, some days you're high, some days you're low, and I think the thing about men is sometimes or too often we have an inability to have that community or that village within each other that we can talk to each other. The one thing I have when anyone calls me, no matter how busy I am, if I'm rushing them off the phone, after a while, it's like, how are you? Right. How right. are you doing? Are you okay? Right. Before I hang up. And you know, some days, you know, we've all been depressed, and how do you verbalize that? Or how do you talk to someone about that? And I think a healthy in yourself is being comfortable where you are and uh, allowing yourself to talk to other people and be vulnerable. And I think that's really important. And when we don't do that, that's when we become implosive or we can uh, project things that are not who we truly are onto others. Exactly. And, and that's a critical piece, projecting who we're, who we're not. Why is it important, Torrance, to have, have this conversation about healthy masculinity? I think it's important because we definitely need to define it, you know, and we need to always do that. Um, and defining doesn't mean like what you believe it is should be for me, but I need to understand it for myself. We need to understand it individually as we are collectively. Because um, I believe it's something that's effortless. You know, like when we meet each other, we're not going to say, oh, this is how we dap. We already know. There's something about black men. We already know each other when we allow ourselves to know each other you know, to uh, agree with the fact that we already know each other because um, many times other people have tried to, you know, separate us and think that we're different. But we know that we have so much alike. Again, the way we dap, the way we, you know, the pound, whatever it is, like we know how to do it. And so I'm using that to say that, you know, we know who we are, we know who ourselves individually, and, like, that's effortless. And so, you know, being yourself, you know, is it's being, as a man, you know, that's being masculine, whatever you see that as, you know, right. not having to apologize for being who you feel, you know, you should be. I think that's critical. And, and as we grow up, think about your adolescent selves. Did you did you worry about how you were seen, how people, you know, viewed think, you? I mean, in the hood, like, you mostly worry about what people, <laughs> what you have on, <laughs> what sneakers you have on, right, something right. like that. But, um, exactly. I mean, even at a point in my life, I got even away from that early. Well, the, and I so, think that's a part but, of our, our, our development. We, we, we start to look for images. Yeah, look right. for images. Uh, of who we want to be from a developmental standpoint. You know, as we go through adolescence, we're looking. We're looking but for... But a lot of the look has to do with, like, outside, like, you know, exactly, outside exactly. and not so much inside. That's, that, that's a critical point. And finding men or, or others, men or women, who, who portray that internal uh, confidence, mm -hmm. like you were saying, is that 
you know if a brother's doing well by the way that he interacts with you, the way that he interacts with other people, right? How you, how you treat other people. Mm-hmm. To me, as a psychologist, is important because it is indicative of, of how you feel about yourself if you see how you treat others. Mm-hmm. If I dap you, what's up, brother? Good to see you. How are you doing is a critical question that we ask, and to mean it and to sit there and mm-hmm. listen. That's um, actually another reason why I brought the uh, nobles together. I always say that I wanted black men to know of each other. I didn't create these images so people could see us dressed up and they'll have less fear of us. You know, that's not what this is about. When you bring, when I've um, been able to bring brothers together, they have, not, I don't like to use the word network, I like to use the word commune. Right. We have commune together. A lot of the brothers have used each other as resources. And just knowing that, you know, if I know, like, you're a doctor, you know, and many of the brothers come from backgrounds that you would never believe they right. could become a doctor. Right, right. But when I find it out, it's like, even if I don't want to be a doctor, what I want to do with myself, I believe it's possible because I see where you come from. Exactly. And now you're that, you know, I can do something with my life, you know, and they need to see another black man doing that, you know, being something great and not just a criminal that they see every night on the news. Right, right. I agree with that. And, you know, I, I put my fraternity plug up. <laughs> the noble clan of Kappa Alpha Psi. <laughs> no, mm. I, I have a, a, a subtle bone to pick with them in a sense that what you're saying with connections, uh, we, you know, all our fraternities have pictures of our founders. Mm-hmm. The pictures that Kappa Alpha Psi uses of the 10 founders are usually of them as older men. Uh, 30, 40, 50, 60 years after right. they founded the fraternity. Right. I always want them to use the pictures of these young brothers mm. in Indiana University right. in 1910, 1911 when they were getting this thing started. Right. Because those were teenagers for the most part, and I want the young brothers to see that it's not a disconnect between the greatness within them and the greatness of these founders. But when we see these founders as old men and we see this fraternity uh, that's over 100 years old, I think sometimes we have a disconnect. So to Torrance's point, that even if you don't pursue to be a doctor, to see that connection of, dang, this can be done. He did it, I did it. That bridge that we don't always have in our communities, that example of someone who has done something is not always prevalent in our communities. And if it is, sometimes it's, it seems inaccessible. Right, mm-hmm. right. That's in, it's very interesting hearing both of you say that we need to see images of young men mm-hmm. right. doing good stuff, exactly. right? feeling mm-hmm. great about themselves. It's interesting that you say that. Um, because 100 plus years of two fraternities, right? Right. You think about what the, like you said, you know, in a lab room at at Howard for us, right? Right. Science building, Thurkill Hall, right? Put together an organization, right, that lasts, that is ongoing, right? Brings brothers in. Friendship is essential to the soul, Right. right? Right. To think about what type of movement that was, you know, think about what the climate was like, you know, for black men in 1910, 1911, right, 1920, to revolutionize an organization on, on a predominantly white campus, predominantly black campus, that still has influence and impact today. And that's, that's one thing I think that our, if we think about the images of fraternities and sororities, um, we have to think about our continued global impact. What yes. kind of images are we showing our young men? Are we, you know, uplifting, you know, as we challenge ourselves to be better men? Do we lift as we climb? And so I think that's what we have to entail. I love thinking about that revolution because it was. 
a revolution is something that you start and that a hundred years later people are still talking about. Yeah. And that's what that's what happened. Um, but as we think about our current images of of black men, mm-hmm. are we struggling? Are we struggling with that image? Are we fighting against something? Um, I want to say no. The reason why I want to say no because we now have again. I started this a hashtag. <laughs> even that's even like before Katrina. What ten, eleven years from now, somebody would say a hashtag. What is that? You know. Now we have the power to control, you know, the everyday man, what he puts out, mm. you know, right. and what he can be the new propaganda, the new stereotype. Keep feeding these images, you know, of us, you know, looking great, us being respectable, us being noble, you know. And if it has to compete with, you know, the image of some, you know, I guess a thug look or whatever, at least we can now say that, you know, Three of us, if it's three of us to go against this one person, to constantly put out more to inspire other brothers more than what that one person can do. Oh. You know, so we have excess. You know, we individually we have to decide that, you know, what I post can, you know, be fruit to someone else. That's the key right there. What I post can be fruit to someone else. Mm-hmm. And we now in the age of social media, right? Twitter, Instagram, Snapchat, all right, we can post we can counter we can counter the narrative mm-hmm. we have the yeah, power exactly. right so in a sense the the ongoing uh, onslaught of, of uh, social media sites now allows us to put out positive images are we doing that though that's the that's the critical piece are we actually putting out those positive images how often how often are you all tweeting and uh, putting things on instagram how often are the great things that our young brothers are doing being put on Instagram, or are they putting some nefarious things, as yeah. I would say? But we have that we have that opportunity to change that, or as Dr. Andre Perez says, to re-image mm-hmm. black masculinity. And I think we have to think about that. What can we do? We can just push and push and push that information out, because I think you know uh, the research behind this says that black men have the highest self-esteem compared to white men, white women, mm-hmm. black women, have the highest levels of self-esteem. But why is that not translating for us? That, why is that not translating? I, I think we have to think about well, what that. Builds, what builds our self-esteem? You know, we are a flashy people. Right. You know, black males like cars, you know, out of, you know, things, out of appearances. Right. And then that makes us feel good, which is cool. That's not, I'm not knocking that. But you have to check the inside, you know. Mm-hmm. And, you know, what may appear to be a high self-esteem because, you know, I have these things. When they are taken away, is it the same man? Yeah, I love right. that. You know, we have to ask that question. If you have the same, th- if you have great things and they're taken away from you, are you the same man? Mm-hmm. That's an interesting thing. That our Im- Sometimes we build our images based on the hegemony of something else. Mm-hmm. Right. I have attained this. I've got these tangible things. That makes me... You know, I'm wearing this Armani suit, or I'm driving the Jag, or, you know, I've got these nice high-priced shoes, all right? I feel good about myself. But you take, like you said, you take those things away, how do you still feel about yourself? Interesting. You and even, not even that, you know, I look to, like, James Evans from The Good Times, oh, right. who a man was not flashy, not even that, but he wasn't, uh, he had experienced many a time not being able to provide for his family. And though this is a TV show, this is a lot of people's real life also. You know, being laid off, which we still didn't, 
living in a time where that's happening, you know, when you're not able to provide for your family and just have money as a man, you know, like that deals with your psyche. And so, you know, at the same time, you have these family members who, you know, support you, love you no matter what. But it's hard for you to see yourself as that same person right. when you're without. I, no, I would totally agree. Um, I can think of myself as a young father. I have a son who's four. And it came to a point, being in New Orleans, this is a tough city. Mm -hmm. You know, I had already graduated from University of Mississippi. I had the same skill set I have now. It, it's been refined. But I came to an impasse where it was like, uh, get a job at a factory in Charlotte or, you know, stick here and not be able to quite provide for my son as I wanted to and right. as, as I should. And I basically just took a gamble on myself in that I felt that I had enough talent to make it work. So it made me become relentless in a pursuit of something positive, but it was very discouraging being here in New Orleans. I, it was sometimes I would apply for a UPS job to, to unload the dock in a you job were over, work. You were overqualified. Yeah, and I, I didn't even put that I had degrees <laughs> on it. I was like, some college. Right. Yeah. <laughs> and, but at the same time, I was applying for like to be like a director of communication somewhere. Right. Right. Uh, but it is a, it, it tugs at you when you have an inability to do something that you are called to do. Right. You know, so I, I, I definitely agree with him. Mm -hmm. It's those experiences that, that, that tug away at our image our self-esteem, right. you know, um, not having the doors open as quickly as other people might have them, you know, and you begin to question, yeah. you know, am I worthy? Uh, mm -hmm. One of the things that I struggle with, you know, um, as I travel around the country talking to people about what's a revolution or how to uh, build uh, an equitable environment or, or talking to teachers about implicit bias, it's that level of do they really see me, right? right? Am I, you know, I'm here, right here. I got all these credentials. I got four degrees. I'm bringing all, a plethora of experience. I got publications. But do you actually see me? So it, it erodes some of the, yeah. some of that feeling, that self-esteem and that image, you know, and, and luckily I've got a great therapist and, a, and an executive coach that helps me work through that. Right. But that's that feeling sometimes that we as black men have is that because we have because we're not seen. People will walk past us, right. mm -hmm. stand in front of us. I'm like, wait a minute, yeah. <laughs> I'm here. Right. Mm -hmm. So you sometimes you may internalize that I am less than right. when we're not. We're, we're not less than. So in, in thinking about that, how do we facilitate, how do we ensure that we wake up every day with a positive and healthy self-image? How do we wake up every day? Wake up every day? Um, well, nothing's promised to wake up every day from the same way, but what I would say is you have to literally decide you know, that there was something great about the day. Right. And uh, for me, that is living. I really, I seriously believe that if, I, if I'm living, I believe there's hope. There's a possibility that whatever's going wrong can be shifted. You know, I believe, you know, just as, um, you know, all that is going on, you know, in the world now, that there are still, you know, great things happening. Mm -hmm. You know, but it's easy to focus on, you know, the negative things. You know, but we still live in a city where, you know, in New Orleans, they haven't stopped one second line. <laughs> you <laughs> know, like we are line. literally like just still living as if, you know, nothing bad is happening. Right. You know, we're still, you know, eating, whatever, stuff like that. So, you know, it sounds crazy that, you know, you think 
Y'all see what's going on, but they're like, yeah, people know what's going on, but they're not going to stop living. You understand what I'm saying? So like, wake up with a purpose is what you're yeah, saying. Yeah, wake up with a purpose. Definitely, you know, recognize, you know, who you are. I think one thing we need to definitely get into is meditation. Right. You know, right. I think the black people have definitely been taught to pray, and I definitely believe in praying. But we have to listen to ourselves and, our, you know, our inner self and just hear, you know, what's in our head. Right. You right. know, we never get to take a time to take a break. You know, we're definitely always it's stressful. moving. It's stressful. You're right about that. You're listening to WBOK 1230 AM. I am your host of What's the Revolution, Dr. Charles Corporal. I'm here with style icon Torrance Taylor and acclaimed photographer Kasimu Harris. Um, if you got an idea, uh, an opinion, uh, something you want to say about how do we facilitate uh, a positive and healthy self-image, please give us a call at 504 260 Nine two six five. That's five zero four two six zero W B O K. Casimo, how do we wake up every day with a positive and healthy self esteem, believing that we are the best version of ourselves? Day by day, step by step, uh, have your journey to dreams, and know that you'll be rejected. For me, in my darkest days, it was having a purpose bigger than myself, mm. and. Uh, what was that purpose? You saying a purpose bigger than yourself? What was that? It was two. One to be the best father I could be. As mm-hmm. my father, Leroy Jerome Harris, has been to me. <laughs> Shout out to my mom as well. Yeah. No but um, it it was like you 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 have to provide for a child now. But then even before that, I I think that it was. You know, I, I love telling stories. You know, I love taking pictures, and you know. I just want to be the best at that. I, I want to tell stories that people 100, 200 years from now, right. it can help guide them. And whenever, I, whenever I'm in schools and talking to people, I really try to talk about uh, my disappointments and my rejections and my failures. Uh, and that's the stories I love to listen to, just being vulnerable. In my writing, I, I like to be vulnerable. In my photography, I like to be vulnerable. And speaking as far as my life, I like to be vulnerable. I mean, I've been places where... You know, you in a national magazine one day, and you call in Verizon, be like, "Hey, can you leave my phone on another day?" <laughs> right, right. <laughs> you know, that'll but, humble you yeah, quick. <laughs> right. I'm not there anymore. I was and in I, essence, last night. Right. <laughs> <laughs> but <laughs> you know, yeah. Verizon's like, "Yeah, bro, I still cutting off your phone." <laughs> right. I'm not there anymore, man. But I, I think that it's just getting up. It really is. It's just getting. It's gonna sound so funny, but to get up. And I, I'm not going to say it because it's going to sound like Jesse Jackson, stuff like that, but to get up and, and to not stop. And, you know, whatever goal it is, you set a goal for yourself. And after you accomplish that, then what's the next one? And always trying to change the situation. So for me, I think that that's what drives me, to tell stories and to be one of the greatest storytellers at that. And it's something I'm passionate about and something that I love. So that's what motivates me. So for someone else, it's, it's something – a responsibility that they have or a conviction that they have and then in them that, you know, step by step, you're getting closer to this goal that you have. Right. But I'm struggling, brother. You know what I'm saying? I'm, I, I wake up, you know, I can't provide for my family. I got bills to pay. I'm behind. You know, I wake up in the mirror every day and I say, you know, what? I can't cope. What are you saying to them? Because right now that brother's not feeling like, you know, step by step by step, goal by goal by goal. What do you say to them? I say seek help. 
Yeah. Yeah. I think we, like you said, you have a therapist. You don't know how that speaks volumes for you to even be a doctor and to say that. <laughs> like, and that's like real because, like, you know, we're still black men are still dealing with seeking help mentally. Um, I host barbershop meetings. Oh, that's beautiful. Um, and at the barbershop meetings, we deal with certain topics once a month. Um, one of them we dealt with with black male uh, mental health. And we talked about a lot of things about, you know, mental health and having, you know, seeking that type of help, you know, because brothers feel like, especially if you have to pay for that, yeah. you know, you're not, you're not about to get no brothers to be like, you know, I'm about to spend my money on that, you know, but we definitely need to talk to somebody about what's going on out here and our feelings. Man, let me tell you, uh, my good friend Rachel Graham uh, had me watch uh, the last episode of Blackish. And um, I don't know if you watch Blackish. Um, so uh, I will talk extensively about Anthony Anderson's character on, on Blackish. Mm -hmm. So if you would just bear with me one. Um, to me at this point in time, Anthony Anderson is the Cliff Huxtable of the 2000, the mid, mm -hmm. you know, uh, mid 2016, 2017s. Um, because what we're seeing now is a father uh, mentoring and parenting his children uh, that shows a the, shows a level of vulnerability that we don't see for black men on TV. Uh, and so I, I, I tuned back into this last episode was he was going to therapy because he had anger issues, many of the same anger issues that we bring to the table. Mm -hmm. um, and if you haven't seen, I'm going to spoil it a little bit, but you know he every time he got looked at wrong. You know, he was ready to ready to jump off. You know, um, when you know, the, the, and those things pile up. You know, we talk about cumulative stress. You know, so this one thing doesn't bother me. This one thing doesn't bother me. This one thing doesn't bother me. But the accumulation, the accumulation of those things, and all of a sudden we blow up because we talk about that that lack of vulnerability, and that's what we saw in um, the last episode with him is that he finally just blew up and had to go seek. And ironically, maybe <laughs> it didn't help, but um, I think that was the, the, the comedic side of that. But what he got to see was some tools that we can use. You know, I wake, like you said, I wake up every day, I'm struggling, right? We've had struggles. You know, it doesn't matter the station that you're in. We all experience trouble. Racism discrimination does not discriminate because of your income and uh, the letters behind your name. We all wake up with some of those times and, and disbelieve in ourselves. But it is seeking help, mm -hmm. finding those tools. And one thing that he had to say, and they, they came at him on the show. His white boss, you know, was talking about racism. They were uh, talking about how much he ate, so his weight, you know. And we struggle. You know, right. we, we struggle with those uh, uh, our physical abilities as they diminish uh, our, our body images, that's something that we don't talk about as well. It's interesting both, you know, having a style icon and acclaimed photographer that we don't talk about the weight issues that pervade with black men and the health issues. Because mm -hmm. I think we oftentimes think, you know, it's okay, you know, if I eat this. It's, it's okay if I don't talk about my health, if I don't go to see the – because that is what it means for, for me to be a man. I'm not talking about it. I'm not going. All right, and then all of a sudden, we one of the reasons why we have the highest rates of uh, hypertension and heart disease, chronic heart disease, is because we are not going to do the things that we need to do, you know. And so it's really, really interesting watching that episode of Blackish. If you haven't had an opportunity to see it, uh, please watch it because it really shows that vulnerability. Because he, at the end of the show, he breaks down, and that's what happens. Yeah. You know, we break down. You know, that that image becomes diminished. 
you know, and we break down. We don't want that to happen because for us, the way that we break down, we break down in harmful ways. Yeah. Harmful to our women, harmful to our communities, and harmful to ourselves. Right. And we have to think about that. Um, so what are some other barriers that black men are facing in, so we talk about racism and discrimination, what are some other barriers black men are facing in achieving a positive and healthy self-image? What are some of the things that, are, that stand in front of us, that, that hurt us, that hurt us and how, how we see each other and how we see ourselves? Well, pride is definitely one. Um, you know, when someone, when you have an image, when people have an image of you and you don't feel that that is the image of yourself, you know, you have to try to, people, I mean, black men often try to, you know, maintain what the image is that other people have of them. And to not live up to that image, you know, can definitely, you know, hurt one, you know, if they allow that to. And so I would definitely, like, you know, like humble mm -hmm. <laughs> yourself. Right, right. Literally, that, that can definitely help you to really humble yourself and so not why? have to live up to other people's expectation of you or their standard of you. Right. You know, you literally have to have one of yourself and an idea of who you are. You know, and that don't necessarily just mean, not, when I say, you know, know who you are, I know a lot of people speak of, like, their ancestors, and you were talking about the, um, the health and physical stuff like that. One of the things I do in my grooming seminar is that I teach, I believe, young men, especially, like, they talk about the sagging. You have young men who literally don't know their waist size. Right. You know, their neck size, their, right. you know, their size of their body parts. And so they're literally disconnected from themselves. And so when you t literally teach them their measurements, mm, right. you know, it's, as crazy as this may sound, it connects them with their body and with themselves, themselves. So, you know, you have, you're able to go, I always tell them that you have the right to go into a Rubenstein Brothers, uh, Jase Banks, any of these stores, right. and try clothes on. You have that right. But the confidence when you walk into those stores is when you know your size. Right. And you could say, give me this 17 and a half, give me this, right. you know, right. 40, regular, you know, stuff like that. You know, that's confidence. I don't want black males, black boys to just know that they wear a size 8 when they go to Foot Locker. Right. You know, we are more than just our foot size. <laughs> wow. <laughs> Somebody needs to tweet that. We are more than just our foot size. But that's, that's interesting that you bring a personalization to that, mm -hmm. you know. And uh, so I, I, I you know... Uh, Full disclosure, man, I have a great tailor, uh, you know, <laughs> you know uh, yeah. sitting here with uh, two sharp brothers, but uh, not even but, and who know the, the benefits of knowing what a well-tailored suit outfit looks yeah. like and how it feels on your body and the, the compliments that you get. You know, um, it's interesting because I just really got into wearing fedoras and how many people have said, or comment to me, hey man, I like that hat, man. That hat looks good, cool, you know. Sometimes I feel like an old man, right. but <laughs> oh, don't shake your head, Rachel. Um, but it's interesting having that style and, and, and wanting my clothes to fit. But it, it it is a personalization. It is a confidence to go mm -hmm. in and know, you know, this is the size, because our young men, you know, see certain images, you know. Right. And we and we came up with baggy the the, the, the big white tee and the mm -hmm. and the baggy pants. Kids still say the the, the the cat that washed my car yesterday was still sagging his pants, right? They were slim fit, but they were <laughs> he was still sagging his <laughs> pants. Um, but I love the point that you're making in that that personalization, knowing your size, because mm -hmm. that brings a, a, another level of cognition mm -hmm. into who you are. Yes, right. It also brings another level of cognition into what I can wear. 
And what am I looking for? My options. Yeah, my options. Because you may not say, I mean, I have one, you know, wash the car. You're not going to wear a tie right. washing your car. But at least you know when you want to go on a date or anywhere that that may be, you know how to do that. Right. And our, women, our women demand that. Yeah. You know, they want to they see sharp-dressed brothers, yeah. somebody who can handle their own, but you know, you, you have style. We talking about this is a little aside here, but you know how people bring their own biases into mm-hmm. things. Right. Like living here in New Orleans, uh, I've shown up places sometimes with like you know a bow tie on or something like that. And Got a hot bow tie on right now. Yeah. yeah William and James, gotcha. uh, Chantrell P. Lewis, mm-hmm. she's local. Okay. Uh, but anyway, uh, I've had people say things like, you know, where you wait tables at? <laughs> I'm like, what? <laughs> Nothing's wrong with waiting tables, but like. At all, but obviously the oh, brother. Oh, your Islam brother. Yeah, this brother didn't look like me. He was of, right. of a different right. hue. But uh, why was that the first thing you you said? So I can that all swings back to those little small things with the black blackish story that right. you told about that. But the self awareness we have of ourselves. But that could have really affected me. It just some because mm-hmm. it was obviously a put down as I don't know a shade or whatever that that he was saying. But uh, I think the way we look is really important. And another thing we were talking about as far as self-help or health is that we do have to believe in ourselves, but it's amazing what happens when someone gives someone else a, co- a compliment. compliment. Mm-hmm. Uh, or sometimes somebody may just tell you that one thing that inspires you that just keeps going. Brother, you look good today. Yeah. yeah. You know, you know and thank, thank you. Right. And, <laughs> and then that... How that, are you? Exactly. That goes, that whole thing about masculinity, like, you know, like we might think it, but someone's not confident enough in themselves to tell somebody else, like, mm-hmm. brother, you're doing well. Right. Or I appreciate the things that you're doing in life. Right. You know, so, but sometimes those simple, uh, uh, what is it, uh, affirmations mm-hmm. really help us. Yes. And so uh, getting back to the, to the barriers question, you talk about pride, but some, some of those barriers is that we don't hear it often enough. Right. Or when we do hear it, it's questioned. Right. Like, why mm-hmm. are you dressed like this? Oh, yeah. Right. yeah. You know? Uh, Let me say this, that um, I'm on, so that made, like, my third, this past MLK made our, like, big third Nolan Nobles photo shoot. Um, we, the first one was in the French Quarter, second one was in Central City, and we did the second one, third one on MLK um, Boulevard. At every one, we had, I remember, like, the first one, people were, like, stopping. Remember, we wasn't making no noise. We wasn't singing, nothing, you know, to bring attention to ourselves, but being ourselves dressed up. And people were, like, there was traffic jams. People had their cell phones out out of the car, like, who are they? What are they doing? What's going on? Yeah, what's going on? You know, there's a crowd of people, but we just happened to be, you know, these black men dressed up and stuff like that. And the second one, like, 15 and 16, this guy had, like, a Holy Ghost moment, like, literally jumped out the car, like, Man, y'all look amazing. You know, it's just like like they saw something. You know, this is another brother. I've right. seen these brothers, like, you know, just dressed up. So it's like you're going to have those negative, but you like to be, like, assured, like, yeah, you're doing something great, man. You right. Just by your look. Like, I, they ain't asked you, know, who are we, what job we have, you know, just your image, you know. And that's something that, you know, I believe that, you know, other people want to see it. Right. And they love to see it. And it looks good. And they it need does. to see it more often because, as I was um, saying, is that it often comes in a negative form. Why were y'all out there doing that? Mm-hmm. Why, are you a, why are you a symbol? Why you got all these black yeah, people? Yeah, who are y'all? Dressed? Who are y'all? <laughs> Could we just get up and get <laughs> dressed be, up? 
you know, like our fathers did, you mm-hmm. know, you know, like the, the, the men in our communities used to do. Couldn't we just do that? Couldn't we get together? Let's go have coffee. Yeah. Right. Yeah. You know, and I'll, why are you dressed up today? Because I felt like it. Exactly. You know, there were some times that I just want to get dressed up, go out and feel good about myself. For real. You know, and, and it's nothing like me to get up and put on a suit because right. that's what I saw my father do. Sometimes for me, it's all that's not need to be ironed. <laughs> you know, that's like, true. That's true. <laughs> that's that quickest thing to wear. A lot, and I'm like, no, I just, I have to iron it. You right. know, and I get so many compliments at times like that. Right, exactly. And so, so those are some of the because there's not that expectation that we're supposed to be looking like this, or we're not supposed that we're supposed to feel like this. Mm-hmm. You know, and so when we get those questions, sometimes we internalize it. Why? Why don't you? Th- you know, or the, the 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 biggest one when you're dressed up and you're in a, a, a department store. Do you work here? Yeah, yeah, I've gotten that before. You know, right. I mean, do you work here? No. Right. <laughs> I'm shopping just like right. you. Yeah. you. I always know? say thank you for the compliment, but no, you can see oh, help better somewhere than else. You. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe there's something that needs to come Not up. How, thanks. Sometimes they just look at the way you dress right. and it's just like, nah. I'd be like, thanks for the compliment, but no, you can seek help. <laughs> when I taught school, it was it was interesting to see how many kids had not seen uh, men in suits. Oh yes, it's it's a lot. They, they maybe they'll think maybe you go to church or is that a tuxedo? Right. Uh, this is not all the kids. My number one pet peeve. Yeah, uh, but th- that they some of the kids came from places where they don't see men in suits unless right. it's for those occasions. And as we all can attest, it's something about wearing a suit and feeling good. Now, everyone. You know, and one thing, and I know we're not talking about this, is I I don't like the respectability type thing. Like, uh, none of you guys have inferred that. But, like, uh, do I believe people should wear clothes that fit? Yes. Do I think people should wear suits? Yes. But everyone's not going to wear a suit. Mm -hmm. And as far as it goes with police brutality and things like that, well, this brother had dreadlocks and his pants Mm -hmm. were sagging. But that don't mean that he had any less of a right Right. to live than anyone else. Exactly. You know, so uh, that's one thing. I don't like because we're never going to have a society full of people who conform, conform, right, or, right. or not even conform, but uh, that's uh, who express themselves in a similar fashion. Right. Yeah. It's just going to be different. Yeah, I so. always speak. I'm sorry. I always speak that um, when we dress like this is not for someone to fear less of us right. or that this is a bulletproof. Right. You know, it's not going to keep people from profiling you. You are still a black man. Right. You are a- still exactly. a black man. And we've got to make sure that both sides are seen as credible and loving um, and a part of the diaspora of, of, of black men, that, that diversity. Um, mm-hmm. Just to ensure that, because just because you're walking down the street and you may not look or uh, safe to that person, right, doesn't mean that you're a threat. Yeah, it's not our issue. It's not our issue. Um, you're listening to WVOK, 1230 AM. This is Charles Corfrew. We're on the W. On the What's Your Revolution show, excuse me about the name of my company, <laughs> uh, I'm having an amazing conversation about healthy self-image with style icon Torrance Taylor and acclaimed photographer Kasimo Harris. We're having a good time talking about what is positive and healthy self-image, how do we get there, what are the barriers. If you have an opportunity, we've got about 10 minutes left in the show, You know, give us a call, 504-260-9265. 504 wbok um, so understanding these barriers that we just talked about, how do we overcome them as black men? Making sure that people see us for these strong, prominent, successful, well-educated. And when I say well-educated, it doesn't mean that you have to have all the degrees, but well-educated. How do we ensure um, 
that people see us? You know, what, what do we have to do or what do they have to do so that we're seen and have this positive and healthy self-image? Me personally, I believe in um, our elders. Um, our elders have overcome so many things. I believe that's something that we all definitely should do is speak more to people who are our grandparents, um, you know, our parents, you know, people who are older in the neighborhood or whatever, and study history. Mm. You know, what did our people do? You know, I believe in Sankofa, um, so which means go back so that we may move forward. Right. And that means go back to learn what was done in the past that you may, so you can move forward. And, um, you know, I definitely study the people who I look up to and what they did and how they were. So, you know, that's what I believe how we can overcome. You know, we need to know how we have always been. I got gotcha. you. No, going, going, going back, going back, uh, I think is seeing, you know, because there were some style icons. You think about James Baldwin. You think about mm -hmm. Stokely Carmichael. You think about Martin, Dr. Martin Luther King. Um, you know, how those people, you know, promoted what it meant to be healthy and have a pot, even in the face of adversity, even in the face of adversity. What do you think? How do we overcome those barriers, Cosimo, of, of, of the images that others have for us and ensuring that we have a positive and healthy self-image? I always like to go back to Du Bois and the soul of black folk and talking about that, that doubleness that of, uh, you know, two warring ideals being torn asunder, that one as a Negro and one is to feel accepted as an American. So that, I think mm -hmm. that was 1903. So obviously that's still an issue that we have now. Mm -hmm. uh, as far as your answer, I think one is to sometimes just say to hell what people think about mm. us, you know. And then a, a more practical thing, that well, that's very practical. <laughs> but uh, as age with you. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Mentorship. Right. Mentorship. Oh. Uh, I think that, you know, we all have enough to give back to someone else. And it's something that... I think we all need to do, uh, and imparting knowledge on someone. And then, as Torrance said, looking back, I think those things will really help. Right. Yeah. The mentorship piece and, and making sure as that mentor you take our young brothers back so they can right. understand where we've been. Exactly. Right. exactly. We're going to go to uh, David on line one. David, how you doing, brother? Good afternoon. Great discussion. How are you? I'm good. I'm good. I appreciate you calling in. All right. I, I hope I'm getting the right um, uh, answering the right question uh, that you were asking. Uh, I think I think we just we need to realize in our community that uh, there's success found um, in different professions um, that a lot of times are not in the limelight. You know what I'm saying? Right. Exactly. And, um, we tend to get lazy and allow the same uh, dem you know demographics to get in front of our community and worse, get in front of other communities and let that be an example for us. Preach, you know, I agree, uh, exactly. You know, there, you know, it used to be that actors and politicians and tax collectors were considered the, the scum of society. Right. And now we put them up like they're, uh, every time we need a representative to speak at a black function, we got to get a newscaster. Right, right. You feel what I'm saying? Right. So we, we need to be more allowing and more, more creative with who we allow to speak uh, in, on our behalf or even to us. Right. Yeah. I agree with uh, David. I agree with you. And we have Thank to show the diversity of, of men uh, yeah. that have a variety of jobs and incomes and exactly. uh, and work. Uh, and so I appreciate you giving us a call, brother. Thank you. Thank, Thank you. you. We can go to Thomas online, too. 
Hey, how y'all fellas doing? Great hey, topic. Thomas. Uh, it brought back memories from when I was in high school. I graduated in 83. And But what we did back then for the show, the diversity of uh, who we were here in New Orleans, we had fashion shows. You know what I'm saying? And we showed, the, you know, the different styles that we liked, and it, and it presented us in a, in a manner to our audience, you know, that uh, we are the future, and this is how we look. And, right, it, and it, right. it brought pride to ourselves. And it brought pride to the people who said, man, I like that. Where, where you know, where can I get, go get that? Right. And I said, that's missing. And the thing is that now that we have so many black designers, you know what I'm saying? We need to bring them to the forefront and show some of their wares mm -hmm. by giving fashion shows and tell, with these talented brothers that like you have on your show who's right. a photographer and one is a designer. Right. And I would just also, could they please leave their information, you know, before the show over, you know, how we can contact them so we can de develop things like this so we can show today's youth on about, you know, black fashion and, you know what I'm saying, and how we look uh, to the rest of America. Right, Thank you. right. Thanks, Thomas, brother. I appreciate you. That's interesting, what, what he was saying. How often do we see that now? Is, is there a magazine... I, that is primarily shown black male fashion now? Is no, but there's like a lot of um, blogs. There are a lot of things on Instagram, stuff like that. Right. Uh, one of the things I want to say that how what I call the 360, um, in the Oscars 16, they were complaining that no blacks were nominated. Right. Now, yeah, that's a problem. But my, the greatest problem for me was when these actors stepped on a red carpet, none of them mentioned a black designer that they were wearing. Right, right. So you already have this issue with you not being nominated. <laughs> right, right. And now you're going to come up here with saying, else. like, a Ralph Lauren. Like, everybody know who Ralph Lauren is. You don't need right. to, like, you know, imagine if you would have said a black designer, because trust me, this is what I know for a fact. When you say somebody's name who's not known, Google goes Boom. crazy. Exactly. Right. Now, when you, you know, you have to do the 360, literally for a lady, your makeup, what you have, your dress you have on, everything need to be a black name. Because when you speak that name on a red carpet, on an ABC, Disney on channel, Google goes crazy. Right, right. And that's how we all going to do a full 360, you know. It's not just about the actor being nominated for an award. It's about you bringing everybody to exactly, the table. the whole community. Right. I, I, exactly, exactly. Uh, brother, this has been a, an amazing conversation uh, about you. positive and healthy self-image, how we get there. Uh, the barriers that we face. Um, I just want to thank you for your time. How can my listeners get in touch with you to see some of your work, be a part of Nolo Nobles, to see some of your, to read some of your writings, to see some of your photography? How can they get in touch with you? Website is probably best, and that is L K A S I M U Harris dot com. So that's L Kasimu Harris dot com. Well, I would hope everybody is in tune with social media. That's how you get to see a great bit of the pictures. Um, if you're on Facebook, you can look up Nola Nobles. There is a like page. Uh, my personal page is Southern Style International. And if you're on Instagram, you can look up D at, D no at The Nola Nobles and also Southern Style International. So uh, just hashtag Nola Nobles and you'll, you know, run into a lot of stuff. So, you know, if you're not on social media, there are other ways to get to me. Um, you could call the station or whatever, and um, I'll leave my info. Wonderful. Thank I you appreciate for this. you. This is uh, Dr. Charles Corporu. You have been listening to What's Your Revolution, our conversation about positive and healthy masculinity. Please join us next week for a conversation on healthy relationships with women with Dr. Tammy Wilborn. Keep the revolution going. And follow me at WY Revolution and visit 
wyrevolution.com. Have a wonderful day. Take care. Yeah.